What's this? Those, those are old ones. I don't know what just happened, but I think we just lost a bunch of podcasts here. It was eight minutes. It was eight minutes. And it was just us about talking about Katie Seagal, honestly. <laughs> not, not that fascinating. True or false, it was like, is it possible Katie Seagal is hotter now than she was on Married to Children? Than you being like, yes, as far as 57-year-old women go, she's very hot. Like, yeah. I mean, that was literally eight minutes of that. Yeah. So. And then we talked about your daughter playing chess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then what tournaments we went to. So I can only go to the first day of the TCG player event. Which is the 21st. Because she has it's her birthday on Sunday, and she has a chess tournament that day. So, so you're not going to pre-release. I'm not going to pre-release. I am going I was going to go to LA pre-release, but they let me out of it on account of its Mother's Day. And my wife was like, I will execute you if you uh, go to LA and then play the TCG tournament and then, and then go to the Star City Invitational. But mostly because it was Mother's Day. Satan and I are both going to the pre-release in New York. But that won't. If you want to come see us, it won't do you any good because this probably won't get posted until Monday. Is my guess. Okay. Oh, but we also talked about I have an iPad. Now. Yeah, which you're excited about. Yeah, but it hasn't done anything for my life like that. Amazing. But I, I don't know what you might have. Your expectations might be a little high. I mean, I, it's the only thing I've wanted. Like you know, if you like, it, it's my Red Rider. <laughs> sure, sure. Like, I, I mean, I've been ever since I, I first. I can't say this first part, but Satan and my first iPad that never happened, I was just like so, uh, on an iPad. Then I almost bought an iPad, it was like the week before the twos came out, and they were like $100 off. I'm like, ooh, this is cheap, why is it so cheap? And I almost bought it too. And then the people at the store were like, don't buy that, the twos are coming out next week. <laughs> and like, there's a two, I didn't even know. And then for the last two or three months that they've had twos, I hadn't been able to get one. I finally got one. And, I, mean, I, saw, I still don't have a two. I, I'm yeah, so I think they're the same. Yeah. Like, we have a camera. <laughs> oh, the camera makes me look very fat, so there must be something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they have an app for that. It's called dieting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Are we going to lose this recording? I don't know. I've been, I've been all nervous now, but I think it seems fine. Maybe kill those old ones. Can you just kill the old ones? I there's can. A, there's an app for that. It's called Deletion. Yeah, I know, but I'm worried that if I delete them, then somehow <laughs> I'll turn things off. Okay, well, let's just cross our fingers and pray. Or hope. Hope. With Charity. Best, best wishes. Best, best wishes. Best wishes. <laughs> Thinking positive thoughts about it. What is this, the secret? <laughs> All right, the 10 coolest cards. This is the 10 coolest cards according to Ken Nagel in his uh, Magic Player's Guide. He that, loves that's the com- patties, right? He does. So he, he really thinks Karn Liberated is cool. Would you I agree? I think it's it's the only planeswalker, right? Yes. Yeah, it'll probably be the flagship card of the set then. Uh, from a, you know, I'm not sure from a Vorthos perspective. Like, is this card going to see play in standard? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, as far as I can tell right now, there's only one strategy you can really play. So right. I don't, I don't know. It can't. It's, as far as I can imagine, it can't beat the only real strategy that I know of. So. That Which, by the way, does not rhyme with sausage. It doesn't rhyme with cobbler. No, I mean, I, I think the cobbler's wonderful reign is going to be over. And People are going to be excited to hear about that. But we'll, we'll, we'll get okay. Phyrexian Obliterator. I don't. Which, oh, that's, that's the that's the anti-negator. I don't have that card in my top ten. Really? It's fine. I mean, it's a fatty. I mean, it's about, more than a fatty, right? Like, how I mean, about I just don't deal damage to it? Like, I mean. Well, what do you do? So you don't block it. How many things do people do to deal with creatures in standard today? 
When was the last time they, they did? Usually what they do is they chump block with a squadron off. Let's be honest. That's how people deal with creatures in standard okay. today. Okay, so that's one thing that you could do. Or, I mean, really what people end up doing is, like, if you're going to deal with a creature, you condemn it, you journey it, you bounce it with, uh, with uh, what's the name of it? Into the Royal. Into the Royal. You tap it down with a, with a tumble magnet. Like, you bounce it with Jace. Like, when was the last time that someone literally dealt damage to a creature? Or, like, you just, like, you go completely over the top, right? you're telling me that I'm going to, like, completely warp my mana base so that I can go B, 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 B on turn four and play this guy and you're just going to bounce him or tap him or... I mean, I honestly... Like, shrink him down to nothing with a Contagion class? I I would be happy if I were wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that card is irrelevant for constructive play. So here's the question. Irrelevant... Given the base set that we have to work with right I mean, now, I don't think that it could be played in any strategy I would consider playing in Sam. That would be my. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, how could you possibly play cards that do this? It's just a 5 5. People, like, do you understand that, like, a 5 5 for, let's, let's be honest, a 5 6 for two mana isn't good enough to play? I mean, I don't know if that's true. It's certainly not good enough to play in the only format you can play it in. It's a joke that people... Every time you see AJ Soccer lose a game of Legacy, it's because he tried to win oh, the tournament. I thought you were talking about this one over here. Oh, no, I don't know. I haven't got I thought you were talking about Mere Superion. I, I mean, my, my guess is Frex... What is this guy? Frexian Negator for four? Frexian Obliterator, yeah. Is a wonderful card in the abstract and can't actually be played in the deck. Okay. Uh, here, here's another card. This is a card I know Gavin Verhey was super excited about this card this week. Uh, Urbrask the Hidden. I don't know what that is. You don't know what this card is? I don't look at the spoiler. So it's, it's a, interesting that I've written multiple car, uh, articles about the new set without having looked at the spoiler. So when you say, when your article like today says yeah. top 10 cards, sort of, that yeah. just means top 10 cards I've read. I saw those 10. <laughs> those, no, I'm just kidding. So just go through with the, the uh, or, or, Obviously, I went through the yeah. thing on the podcast last week. Yeah, yeah. Urbrask <laughs> the Hidden is 4-4 uh, for 5 mana. Three are, are. Is that that when everybody gets haste? Everybody gets haste, and then uh, all of your opponent's creatures come into play attacked. That seems really powerful. Would you play it in like a big red type deck? There's a there's a viable big red deck in standard. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That does not interact well with the Phyrexian that guy. That's now, not- it's like congratulations, <laughs> play your tapped gentleman. Like uh. The, uh, that would be cute if that were a possible strategy to play. I think that would be cute. Play Orobrask and a no, Obliterator? No, I mean... Side by side, same deck? you could play, like, expensive red cards and you could actually do that, like, that would be amazing. I would be so happy if, if Standard allowed us to do that in, in a few weeks. I mean, it might. Like, I mean, red, red's pretty good. I mean... Not slow red. Really? Slow red? Slow red seems very powerful to me. Really? What about Elemental Appeal? Didn't Elemental Appeal, like, do really well at some regional... I mean, how much damage can you do on three, three, on, let's say you have access to two, maybe three open mana, and it's turn three. Have you done anything yet? No. So I've you're played, just leaving up turn, all of your land? It's turn three? Yeah. I've actually played a Everflowing Chalice. On turn two? On turn two, and I've possibly played, if I didn't play a Koth, I played a Contagion Koth. Oh, please have played a Koth. They will make my life so simple <laughs> if you played a Koth. All right, I'm taking four. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so you 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 don't think, you think this card is like it's super cute? It's like the other card, the the five five for four. That's nice. If we played in this really friendly game, like where everyone's strategy, whatever anyone thinks of, you can play with it. 
we pretended that that's how magic works in 2011, it would be a great card. Don't even look at my deck list instead of going up tonight, then. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, we had this conversation before the podcast. You're like, oh, the arguments you make are quite compelling. <laughs> like, like, please, why don't you tell me how your non-blue deck can interact with these strategies? Like, oh, a lightning bolt. That's cute. All right, what, what do you, you think? You can deal three damage. What do you think, uh, Phyrexian Metamorph? That's the clone uh, sculpting steel guy. He uh, costs three in a blue Phyrexian. And then not, not a constructed card. What about Leg- Legacy? He seems fine, right? I wouldn't play him in Legacy either. Like you play him as like an extra Mirror Redry in Merfolk. Or... Why are we playing these pretend decks? I don't know. No, why don't I mean, we honestly, just... I'm just attacking people with Glisten or Elf if I'm playing Legacy. I mean, like, why don't we... Well, this is the rule for Legacy. Can your deck kill on turn two? No? Does it have Force of Will? Oh, maybe you can still play it. You know? <laughs> Ooh, do you have Cabal Therapy? Okay, maybe you can play your deck or whatever Thoughtseize, whatever the proxy is. I would just prefer to play the super good, super fast cards and not worry about turn 17. Yeah. Uh, Chancellor of the Dross is listed here as number five, but I'm not even going to pay any attention to him. <laughs> is he because like he seems mana? Like, I mean, he's, he's a 6-6 six, six for seven mana. Yeah, 100 mana. And he has um, Flying and Life. So, like, if he if he lives... He's a Chroma-ish. Yeah, he's... If he lives... He's, if you live to turn seven... And then on turn one, if you draw him in your opening hand... Yeah. As a bonus for having to wait seven yeah. turns to play him and not get him bounced by Jace... Yeah. You get to, like, drain them for three life. That's cute. <laughs> could I play him in the same deck as Phyrexian Obliterator? You probably could. I don't know. Maybe if my opponent kept an unkeepable hand, I might have been able to mind sludge them and track this game. You mean I'm going to lose to this? <laughs> yeah. I keep unkeepable hands all the time. Uh, this is a card I love. I love Pure Steel Paladin. Yeah, yeah. That card seems all right. See, here's a card that you might be able to play. I mean, it's probably not the best strategy, but you could play it. You could imagine scenarios where I've made the worst possible plays despite you showing me land that I get destroyed by that card. Like we had in our hypothetical on the way over. You're like, all right, you've done your three turns that you said you were going to do. Now I'm going to do this. Right, I got to retrofit my three turns to your three turns. I know that I was playing Cobblade in the beginning of the hypothetical. No, I was never playing Cobblade. I was playing Stoneforge Mystic. The idea idea being that if you lead with an artifact creature, like uh, Vector Asp, (laughs) <laughs> All right, is this, is, is this is going to devolve into a Hogwarts discussion. Or a Vault Scourge, which, which is the 1-1 one, one Flying Lifelink uh, for one in Phyrexian Black Mana. So something you oh, can I play like for that. one mana. Yeah. So you play that on turn one. Turn two, you play a Stoneforge Mystic. You go get Argentum Armor or Batter Skull or whatever you want to get. Yeah, yeah, nice cowboy boots. Nice, lots of equipment on that. Yeah. She was uh, what? She's like a jid She was like, very nice so then, uh, a turn three, you play land, Mox Opal, put the equipment into play, Pure Steel Paladin. Do you ever notice how these move it around. decks and, like, Quest for the Holy Relic decks and so forth, they always have these amazing draws, but it can only happen in, like, a lottery-winning situation? Like, <laughs> we like to call it the river. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if I win the lottery... Ooh, that's I will not answer that. Okay. Um, you have a code for when it's really important and you have to answer it? No, I mean, I'm just limiting how much time I will. Well, Magic the Gathering and then which time I will switch to you. 
right. Uh, so yeah, I, I like this card a lot. I, I think it's kind of fun. Wait, so you so you're gonna river your all your opponents? You like? No, I mean, the, I mean, the, the thing about this card that's really interesting to me is like the ability to also like like equipment is just such a like weird. It's so powerful. Equipment. This card's so powerful. No, equipment, equipment is so yeah. powerful. Like, can you imagine getting to draw a card every time you play a Jedi? You and you don't even have to play it. Like, it also it triggers when the, the card enters the battlefield. So you get to even draw a card off of your Stoneforge Mystic activation. I mean, like, the fact that you just save... How much mana does it cost to equip a Batter Skull? Five? Yeah. I mean, no one's ever going to have to equip a Batter Skull, so that's the... Right. Like, <laughs> like, it just comes in, it's like a 4-4 lifelink or whatever, and it's just an awesome card, and you kill your opponent with it, and it never it never dies in combat because it's so big. It never taps, so it can block your opponent's stuff. And even if it dies, right, like, or is going to die, you can like, just bounce it. you'll have ten... Oh, my God, you can bounce it. Yeah. Oh, I haven't thought of that. Oh. I'm not a creative enough thinker like Conley Woods and his 200 paper clip. Okay, let's see if there's a document in here. Oh, Patrick Chapin says, can you think of 200, 200 things that you could do with a paper clip? Because the average kindergartner can. And the uh, average magic player can't. He says, but Conley Woods can do it. That's the only way that you can come up with like magical sure. Christmas land. I'm sure I could. Yeah, see, you're like Conley Woods. I'm you, fine with that. You and your Lotus Cobras making cruel ultimatums all day. My... I guess when we did first talk about Lotus Cobra, we were making Coral Ultimatums. <laughs> See? You're just like Tommy Woods. All right. Keep going. I think that card's cool. Sure. I think, I think it's very cool. And I think that there's a lot of... Uh, I think... I mean, you look at Conrad Colos's, um Duelist deck. Do you remember that deck? Yeah. Like, that's a deck that certainly... Although, surprisingly, didn't have a ton of equipment in it. And had a hard time getting through. My one concern about this card... you have a 28 land deck with... The highest passive cost in the deck was like a two, I think. Yeah. Had like one sigil, and then every everything else was a two. But the, the way it worked was, if you hadn't seen Conrad Colos's deck, they have like all adventuring gears, uh, and then sigil. The the links that uh, Paul Rietzel is made famous Stop by this links. link. And then, but you just never cracked your sack lands, right? So you put right. all these sack yeah, lands yeah. into play, and you did not crack them until the turn you were going to win. Right, and when you do, and you had a lot of core. Yeah, you had a lot of core in the deck. So what you would do is you would move your your skull, you'd move your adventuring gear around and break a fetch land each time. So each of your creatures would get the bonus from the adventuring gear, and then at the end you'd move the adventuring gear to your guy that gave all cores a bonus <laughs> if he's equipped. If he's equipped. And like so, you get like plus four, plus four, and all your guys. I mean, that was a weird deck. It's a weird deck, but like this is a card that seems like it would be awesome in that deck. Yeah, I agree. The problem is that deck was a really cool performer, and White Weenie deck performed pretty well for a while. And then other people besides Patrick Shaven realized that you could play with Chase the Mind Sculptor. Sure. <laughs> it was all over for these yeah. cute core decks. The, so uh, like, why would I play that when I could just play Chase the Mind Sculptor? So the, I was writing about this card today, and. One of the problems I find with this card, though, is you do have to warp your deck yeah. so you can get metal Because, like... Well, aren't the equipments... The equipments, the equipments draw you cards when you play them, but you don't... What are you going to do? How many equipments are you going to play in your deck? Ten? I mean... Twelve? My white deck now plays, like, three mortar pods, at least two swords. You're at five. You need three in play to get a metal craft. No, but I also have Pilgrim's Eye. Okay. Tumble Magnet. Oh, see, okay. Uh... What do you call it? Tumble Magnet, Pilgrim's Eye, Contagion Class, Everflowing Chalice, Three Mortar Pods, uh, Two Swords, like Silvok Life Staff. We have a ton of equipment. Okay. 
You know, the cool thing is you just keep churning up the mortar pods. That's a good card. I don't know why people don't... So, it's a pretty awesome card with this. It becomes like a mod fanatic that draws you a card. It's already a fine mod fanatic. I've... <laughs> Like, I, I don't know why people didn't play it for so long. It seems so good. Like, you just like, drop it in combat, and then you, like, like when they're, you know, when the red deck's coming in, you're like, all right, trigger your goblin guy, draw a land, drop this thing, block your goblin guy, like, shoot your X1, like, all in one sequence. And they're like, man, what happened there? I'm like, well, I took none, I drew a card, and I have an equipment in play, and it's still your turn. Okay. You better do something cool, because I'm... <laughs> Honest with you, my hand's good. <laughs> so, Mir Mir Superion. This is a five six for two mana. This is this is the aforementioned Tarmogoyf. So, what's wrong with it? <laughs> well, you can only use uh, you can only use mana made by creatures. That's weird. So, so in turn two, you could level up your Draga Tree Speaker, tap your Draga Tree Speaker, and play this guy. Is anyone ever going to play that? I mean, you could... you have, they're, they're, Just cheating it has got to be better than any legitimate way of playing. There's no good ways to cheat a creature into play right now, though. In you standard. wave it. Oh, yeah, well, okay. waving it seems awesome. You could play it in elves, and you could just low-wave it. Elves, are probably this is probably works perfect in elves. You have all mana-producing guys, right. and then, like, all your cards are cheap. You're like, all right, wait for three. Like, oh, I hit some security on. Sick. Done. I'll play it now. <laughs> all right, too bad elves isn't a real strategy. Elves might be a real strategy. I, I honestly think that Chancellor of the Tangle is, like, going to do some pretty sick stuff. I mean, maybe it's good enough, but, I mean, I can't believe... can't even mention a card that you can play in Standard yet. Like, I... <laughs> I mean, Karn? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you didn't say they're Standard. You just said they were cool. You know what's cool? Mental misstep. How about... <laughs> it's <Hexian laughs> Probe. How about Birthing Pod? That one has so much text. I just don't know. Is it like a bad survival? Or no? It's it's a little better than survival. It's more like a. It's better. I'm, you don't see. No, 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 no. I'm looking at going over the glasses. I meant in the survival. sense of well, cards that aren't actually better than survival. I meant on the board. The things, the things it does yeah. are better. It's sort of like a survival meets a recurring nightmare. How's that? Ooh, I like it's some sort of hybrid. Together. It's some sort of hybrid of those two cards. So it's three and a green Phyrexian mana for an artifact. And then it has one green Phyrexian mana tap, sacrifice a creature, search your library for a creature that costs the same as that creature plus one. Exactly. So if you sack a one, you get a two. If you sack a two, you go get a three. And you put it into play. You search through your deck. Yes. You kill the creature in play. You sack it. And then you get a better one. Correct. So I could, like, say, sack a Stoneforge Mystic, get a Pilgrim's Eye. Yeah, or get a Pure Steel, um, not Pure Steel Paladin, uh, the Mirrodin Crusader. Then I for example my Pilgrim's Eye and get. Uh, Got to be a forecast plus creature. Have any of that? <laughs> oh no, that's how you're playing your Phyrexian Obliterator. Awesome deck. <laughs> Ooh, this is a problem. <laughs> well, I mean, I, so the, the deck I want to play it in. I talked a little bit about this deck yesterday. It's just like in the Will It Blend. Remember the Liquid Metal Coating deck? Yeah. So you go turn two coating, turn three. Viridian Corruptor yeah. or whatever. Turn four, you play this, and you, it costs you four life to do it. But you play it, and you upgrade to the a three, three to guys. an Oxidus Scrap Melter. On the next turn, guy. you upgrade that to Acidic Slime, but you still have your mana open, so you can actually cast another another Scrap Melter or whatever. Then you upgrade that to a Horde Smelter Dragon. Actually, you know what I th I'm thinking about instead of Horde Smelter Dragon? Brutalizer Exarch. Which is 
I think that card might be good. What is that? Like, I think it's good in a birthing pod deck. So it's a green creature. Steve and I were talking about it, and he's like, I think this card might be okay. I think he might be right. It's six mana yeah. for a 3-3. Three, three. So it's kind of like, you got to think about it like a mold chandler. Okay. But when it comes into play, you get the option of either putting a non-creature permanent your opponent controls on the bottom of their deck. That's a pretty powerful ability. Non-creature that's, permanent. That's Planeswalker. That's, like, that's, yeah, that's like a... It's like a primal command. Right. And with with Birthing Pot in play, like it's an uncounterable, assuming you have a yeah. way to ramp into six. It's and got a, and it's, it? it's a three three. Oh. It's not yeah. It, yeah. But it, the other ability it has is It has two abilities? It, you have, it's modal. Oh. Like so a primal command. You can choose instead to search your library for a creature card it's and put it literally on, like <laughs> and put it on top of Adrian Sullivan's deck. <laughs> What if you accidentally put a playable creature on top of Adrian Sullivan's deck, but you become confused? Well, you're like, ooh, this is so reasonably costly. This is not my deck. <laughs> Judge. Its abilities are relevant in the format we're playing. Give me a Grollum. <laughs> I need a Grollum. Come on. So, but yeah. Two-headed dragon, please. I mean, that's, that's obviously an extreme example of this card, but I think this card could probably do some pretty cool... Like, you, your deck needs to have a very, very specific curve. Like a glacial wall? Like, <laughs> let's, do, let's do the birthing pod Adrian Sullivan All-Stars. <laughs> wall of Blossoms. I mean, that's a playable card. All right, we'll go Wall of Blossoms. Uh, wall, 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 wall of Roots. Okay. Wall of Roots. <laughs> glacial Wall. What's he got it for? Uh, for he's probably got an Avalanche Riders. He does have an Avalanche Riders. Or... <laughs> <laughs> There's so many threes you could have put. We have a Maya Granger you could have run out of threes. So I'm sorry. Alright, so at four we've got an Avalanche Riders. Or a Thieving Magpie. He would, he would gladly have run a Thieving Magpie. Magpie. Oh, Thieving Magpie's a four. You're okay. right. Okay. At five, what's he got? At five. But at two, no, no. Two is Molten Hydra. Not two a Wall of Roots. Wall of Molten Hydra. Glacial <laughs> Wall. Avalanche Riders. Avalanche is pretty good. It's yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty good. Uh, uh, let's see. The, at five, what does he got? Did he ever play Air Elemental? No, but he wouldn't Morphling. I remember <laughs> he refused to Morphling in blue. He would just mass the core. <laughs> so, he would, so he's not Morphlinging. So what are we putting at five? Air Elemental. He does uh, not play. He's not horrible with no, thinking. He just plays these <laughs> whack creatures. <laughs> I don't know what he played at five. Oh wait, I'm sure he, he's, he's the kind of person who would just run an acidic. Spot. He absolutely. I mean, I, acidic spot seems too good, but I mean, he, all of his decks these days have like we give him, Cy, we, Cyclops Gladiator. We should just run that as his. Form. I like Cyclops Gladiator. I know. I said I would join his Facebook fan page if if they made one, and somebody made one that day. Yeah, and I, joined I, it. I, I actually but really like it. is the only person who actually summons it. Like we all like it, you know. I've actually been playing with it in in the tournament practice. All right, so he's Cyclops Gladiator, not turn one. <laughs> <laughs> five, what do we got? Come on. Uh, is there any kind of? Did he ever play any kind of clockwork card? <laughs> is there any type of clockwork thing? Right, on I'm five? sure that he had like a three-three for five, and <laughs> he would have played at some point. Do you know what his three is? What do we have? A three glacial. Glacial Wall was the iconic Adrian Sullivan yeah. three. I mean, other it could have been Ticking Gnomes. That guy is Echo, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally have Echo. Oh my god! Why would you ever play that? Echo. <laughs> I can't. I can't even believe it. Like it's it's it costs six for a three three. 
I mean, obviously, obviously, he's going to ramp up to Mahamodi Jin at <laughs> yeah, six, yeah, right? Yeah, he's got Mahamodi Jin at six. There's no question <laughs> about that. Does it go higher? Is he seven? I mean, I'm sure he. Uh, I don't know what he fives at though. Are there any blue green fives or? There? I don't know. I could ask him. Yeah. So let's give him a cynic slime. Oh, no, he would air elemental. You're right! Oh, my God. The facial wall that had air elemental. Oh, my God. And this deck is blue-green. It's awesome. Okay. So, what is the name of this deck? The the, the, the primal cocoon. Burning pod. The burning pod. Adrian Sullivan All-Stars. <laughs> I'm playing it in Providence. You're playing the glacial walls. It's rug, it's rug. Turn four, it's like a gladiator. Turn five, air Turn six, Mahamodi. What do we got? Oh no, turn one. Pandemonium guy. Dreadnought. So, turn one, Dreadnought. Turn two. This is a blog post for sure. The birthing pod Adrian Sullivan all-stars. Yep. I, I, I like this card, but I think it, it definitely puts some very specific design constraints on Such as Glacial Wall and Air Elemental. You have to, you have to run a Glacial Wall and a Cyclops like Gladiator the, if you're going to get to a Mahamodi I, I think that if you're going to do it, you have to come up with an opposite color for each other casting cost. So it has to go like... So it has to go like Hydra... Glacial Wall, Cyclops. So we need a six draw. Oh, you can get Shivan Dragon. You can get Shivan Dragon at six. Mahamodi is the quintessential Adrian Sullivan spell. Right, but then we need a we need to go opposite way. When we need we need our we need our if our oh, blues are going to be even, then we need guy. odd reds. You got the Pandemonium guy. Oh wait, it's like waiting in the weeds. Is that a creature? Wait, wait. What's the name of it? Like Utabi Cax? <laughs> How much does that cost? Which one's Utabi Cax? The Wildcat? Oh, four. The one that's like the stampeding wildebeests? No, the one that's like as many untapped forests as you have. That's how I think it's a six. If it's a six, it is kicking the crap out of Mahmoudijin <laughs> off of off of the birthing pot. Adrian Sullivan All Stars. <laughs> or we can make like a a choose your own adventure. Pick a one. <laughs> Correct me, Dread, not or. That's your only choice. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like that moto form, and it's Momir Sullivan. You get a you get you get a creature oh every my cast God. Class, but it's only from the uh, uh, Adrian Sullivan All Stars. Worth make that Momir Sullivan. <laughs> you only get cards from the. You Adrian. only get some from the Adrian Sullivan All Stars. I mean, it would be insane though. You're just like first turn, Frankie and Dreadnought. Does it die immediately? Yes. They don't play once. <laughs> don't do it. Yes, it does. What are you looking up? I'm looking the up Tabby. Yeah, I'm looking up your Tabby. <laughs> Tabby a freed, Tabby orangutan, Tabby wildcats. How much? Six. Let's see, I'm checking. This is now it's a five. So it means it's gonna knock air elemental out. It knocks air <laughs> elemental out for sure. Oh, they're so, they're both so good though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we found a good use for birthing pod. We found a home for birthing pod. <laughs> I love, has I to love, make. I love this card. I love the idea of Momir Sullivan. <laughs> Worth has to make this. Worth, you have to make it. You have to make it now. Uh, Whatever yeah. people are doing on Moto is not as important as Momir Sullivan. I don't care about making it more stable. You, I don't don't, you can have a showdown for like the most iconic Adrian Sullivan card at every casting cost. I think we should. 
Like, he's calling some whack decks. I mean, we can, like... Oh, Leon and Abunus has got to be his four. <laughs> he Abunus the face! I love Leon and Abunus. Who was the one who called his who called his Isochron Scepter deck unplayable? Was it... <laughs> one of the Dutchies was like, it's unplayable. They was like... I mean, it was... Importantly, it was like the first one, you know? Right, right. Then he qualified with... And Kibler said he loved the Leon and Abunus edition. Um, I mean, like, no one expects Lillian and Abunus. It's like yeah, the yeah. Spanish Inquisition. Be like, oh, I'm deciding all of these. Well, what did we have back then? We didn't even have Ancient Garage. It was just like, it comes disenchant. It's got to be orangutan. Like, 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 no, Lillian and Abunus on turn three. Land, land, mocks Abunus. <laughs> so, that, yeah, this is an interesting card to I hadn't actually thought about this card. I don't even think I talked about it when we did our blue, we were doing our sort of blue overview. We were kind of hurrying through it. But Bladed Agent, so it's a 1-1 blue unblockable infect creature. Oh, how much? It costs two. It's one in you. And it's just unblockable infect, 1-1. And Shroud. I don't believe so. It's got Shroud, Haste, unblockable. No, it's just unblockable. Why would you ever play it? Like, is, this, is, is this an alternate universe where people don't play constructed quality cards? <laughs> well, like, what, what are the cards you're going to play against it? I don't know. Anything. Cunning's Mark Mage. Okay. A Lightning Bolt. Well, I mean, Lightning Bolt, I could... I, a I mean, Mortar Pod? No, Mortar Pod would be bad. Don't play that. That's not very nice. <laughs> I don't know. Anything that people play, like, a Condemn... What I like, at least two of those I can mental miss them. Thank, so the, 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 thank the, God, they're like, at least the new players. I, I actually think this is bad for Magic, this list. Can you imagine being a new player, like, oh, I'm going to play an expert level set. I'm going to trade for these cards. These are the ones that that R&D expert Ken Nagel says. This was a fantastic show. That was like most of the videos I watch on the yeah. internet yeah. in the evening. They're, they're looking for Robert Palmer. <laughs> Whoa. Isn't he dead? He is dead. Sadly. Um, I actually liked him a lot. Yeah, so like, instead of instead of being like, oh, the cards that you should get are Mental Misstep, Gataxian Probe, Blue Exarch, <laughs> Batter Skull, Batter Skull, Sword of, Sword of War, Sword of Third Set, whatever it, yeah, like, whatever it is. Like, those would be actually the actual 10 best cards, but these are like, no, get some unplayable cool. five fives. They're cool. I actually like the idea of waving into this guy. Mirror's Elves Marianne. can actually cast him. Yeah, and el elves can cast him. Yeah. Like, you can... Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Is he an elf-type creature elf? No, he's a mirror. A mirror? But you can make him with mirrors, too. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you something to do with your plague mirror. I, I don't know. What happens if you animate... Can you animate your... Uh, Inkmoth Nexus and then tap it to play him? Yeah. It's kind of cool. Right, so, I actually had this weird... Nice mixed bag deck, right? You know, I had this weird tension game. coming up um, in my imagination in the past couple of weeks. So, now that poker's banned, I've been playing DI Poker. So, <laughs> you know, um, and it's weird. Like, I hadn't played poker in years, and so I forgot about all this stuff. Like, I was like, oh, I'm a pretty tight player. And I was not a tight player when I started playing again, like, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, but you were, like, playing one on, like, your... On your Blackberry. I'm just playing DI poker though. So, um, 
Uh, and the, uh, like, so, so recently I've been playing um, the, the David Slansky uh, Princess Idiot rules, you know, like, the, you remember the, you know the story, like, if Slansky uh, is hired by, like, some oil baron or something to teach his daughter, the princess, to play the World Series of Poker, and he teaches, he just teaches her and realizes that she's, like, an, a hopeless student, so he just makes her a super simple set of rules, and she just plays according to the Slansky theorem and finishes in the money in the World Series. But you know what it is? I, it's like, I, I've told the story probably in like three three or four different things are factually incorrect about it. Sure. But it's like, you get the you get the point of it. So, it's just like, never call, only all in, only all in with queens are better. <laughs> she finishes the money. I thought, <laughs> never call, only all in. Are you going to put tips in? They better be all of them. <laughs> Sweet. Do you have two queens in front of you? So I've literally been tracking, like, when I just play the hands that I want to play versus just playing, like, fancy theorem, pretty much always wrong. And I always have to make these, like, middle bets, like, after I'm in, in pots, be like, oh, I hope I can scare them off with a couple of chips here. But otherwise, I have to fold. Ooh, I just cost myself $5. <laughs> Should not have called with my ace three. You know? So it's interesting. And I was... I, I, I was like so angry. I'm not angry. I don't get angry about things. Like, I don't get angry about getting rivered. So I got rivered. And like, you know, whatever. It's a game of probabilities. It's a game of chance as well as skill. You get rivered sometimes. I wasn't mad about getting rivered. I was mad that he called me on King Nine. <laughs> like, who calls an all in for all your chips on a King Nine? It's almost a wanger. I mean, like, it's... I think Queen Seven is the wanger. Both I mean, hands have names. Yeah. Queen Seven's the wanger. I, I, you're just like, like I, I'm not saying like. He had plenty of chips. It's like, you know, like, he, he might have been back at first, you know, pretty close, but, like, plenty of chips. And I'm just like, to push with a hand is one thing, but to call with a hand without before any cards are in play, you have to think about the hand for a second. Did he know that the magical nines fairy was going to grant two nines onto the table? <laughs> He's like, oh, these are the only nines, you know? Like, oh. I thought my king king was good <laughs> against his king nine. Fingers crossed. <laughs> like, like, oh. so I was like, why would you do this? So is this a long-winded yeah, way so of telling me I shouldn't play blatant agent? No, no, that's not what I was going to say at all. It's like I, I, I got to this like, thing in my head. And I'm like, you know, so much of what I think about magic is just about doing the empirical best thing, you know, or like when when we disagree with what conventional wisdom says, like as an argument to why conventionalism is not the best and like in fact you have higher EV doing something else and I was just like is that the right way to approach magic at all if all I'm going to do is do the empirical best thing shouldn't I be doing something other than playing magic you know like that's and I was just like I love magic it's an important part of my life just telling people to do the empirical best thing all the time can't possibly be right it can't possibly be right to just say look idiot play Callblade learn how to play Callblade Play it correctly, you know, like, figure out which cards are important, I, I, which are those cards, hit your opponent with Sword of Peace and Famine, like, you know, and don't think about any of these other moronic things you're thinking about. Like, the, but the, I think that's fine to tell someone who wants to do really well at magic. Yeah, but, like, all, but most of people's ideas are so flimsy. Like, when they, when they think about it, like, I'm all for great ideas, you know, like, if, we, if not for bad ideas, we won't have great ideas. Sure. But then when you talk to them about it, and they're like, look, this, what you're saying doesn't even occur in reality. Like, like you need to you need to win the lottery every single game to just be competitive. 
Like, not even the, you know, he hasn't won yet. You won the lottery, you just had a loss on the third turn. Like, you're just up for a, a lifetime of frustration going down this, going down this path. But yet, it can't be right to be like, only do this, don't think about anything else. You know, just to <coughs> sap all of the joy out of magic. Yeah. That's I was really thinking about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think, in magic is, is I, weird. I think that that's, I think that that's a lot of people's uh, criticism of Jace. Yeah, is that it? It makes that empiricism pretty clear. I mean, Jace is a good card. <laughs> I mean, but it's not like you could play decks like Pyromancer Ascension. You could play decks like On Away Control, and they're playable. Like they can compete. In fact, they can very good matchups yeah, against Cobbly. Vampires like, can compete. I mean, there's a lot of decks. That I don't think vampires can compete. I think I, there are many decks I would rather be than vampires, but like there are other decks that. The, they can't really compete and like, you know, pretending they can compete was doesn't bear into the numbers, you know? Just why would you play Elves? <laughs> why would you do that, you know? Why would you play like most of these strategies? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like why would you play Dalitha? Like once it beats everything else? It doesn't. Is that not true anymore? I mean you you're would you rather be Dalicate or Rug, heads up? I have no idea. One of, they're both Lotus Cobra Explosion decks. One of them is preordained and Mana Leak. Yeah, I'd rather be that one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe without the roof. Like, be like, boop, I'm just going to set this up. And by the way, I'm going to Jace on the next turn, and you are never going to get the land that you need to cast the seven in your hand. By the way, you're dead to my Titans. You know, like, why would you play that? It's just like, once upon a time, Valkyrie was a good no, it's deck. A, it's an interesting point, though. You talk about, like, decks that are playing, already playing sevens, like... Yeah, like... Like, people, we, we made fun of, like, the Chancellor of the Dross. Yeah. But, like, it's a seven. Like, that's that's a playable... It's not, first of all, it's not green. Second of all, like, people... Play... Um, but I'm saying seven, I'm just talking about seven just as a number. Only it's green just not... can play sevens in sure. So only greens are going to be able I mean, to white play... Can, white can play Karn. Only greens are going to play Karn? Greens and whites? Whites, yeah. I don't think anyone else. Blues has no reason to play Karn. Right. So, like, the, uh... I, you're just in this position, like... You're playing in section Tectonic Edge, Spreading Seas, and Jace. Like, you can't play these ridiculous passing costs. Like, you know who's, like, the best deck designer in the world probably right now? Edgar Flores. I'm pretty sure the dude just, like, look, the way to get an edge is by cutting two lands and playing all once. Like, who thinks of that? That's an insane thing to think. Everyone else is like, oh, Gideon's really good. He's like, Gideon's unplayable. I'm just going to spell pierce him. You know what my mana curve is? Ones and twos. Ones, twos, <laughs> I'm sorry. Ones, twos, and Jace. Ones, twos, and Jace. He's a, what, one sort of beast of famine in his deck, which he plays for two. Every other card in his deck is a one or a two. He's like, I don't even play Wrath. I just play a bunch of Condemns and, and I was, what, I don't have enough cards? <laughs> like, I don't need to Wrath. My entire deck is Squadron Hawk, Stoneforge, Mystic, and Jace. I have plenty of cards in hand. With the innovation level there, and Edgar was the only one. When AJ, when Jerry, we're going to red, we're going to black. Edgar was like blue-white, tectonic edges, mortar pods. And he was, he's the one who ended up being right, and they all went back to his colors. Right. Like, the dude might be number one. Like, I mean, I don't know. He obviously, Frank Kibler put this on the map. But I'm just talking about, in terms of ongoing tuning, I think Edgar is the most impressive right now. He's, he's, cer he's certainly making a, a great case for himself. Just, like, super impressive. Yeah. So, um... So you're saying he's not going to play Blinded Agent? No. Why would you ever play that over Squadron Hawk? Because the, the idea that you might... The, 
and, and again, the only reason you would want to play it is because you want to, like, one or two turn kill someone. Yeah, you do that in green. You can do that, but I'm saying you can do it in green and blue. Or, or rug, or... The difference between turn like the problem, two and turn the three is so, in, it's so huge. Keep in mind that all your two mana uh, poison creatures yeah. can come down on turn one alongside Glisten, as well as Glistener Elf, if you have yeah, the, the Chancellor. Like, I think you might actually play Chancellor in that deck, just so you can cheat, you have extra, you want extra opportunities to get a one in the play. A turn one play. No. I don't buy it. I think we're going to have all-time high for Lightning Bolts and Standard, so... Why? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, last card last on the cool list is Life's Finale. That's the new Black Rat. I love that card. It's right up your alley in terms of... Uh, of cards that I would play five years ago. <laughs> but Six if this, around. if this were five years ago, woo! That one would be right there in my... It's pretty exciting my against... my black-white deck. Pretty exciting against, like, Titans or whatever, right? Like, awesome. It's, it's absolutely awesome for what it does. Yeah. But I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> and yet, I just made three different mono-white decks. Who am I kidding? <laughs> so now you just need to get some black in there for life's finale, and you're, you're set. Uh, so those are the ten coolest cards. The only card that I agree with is Farm. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. I, I like Birthing Pod. I like Pure Steel no, Pod. I think they're, a good I think they're cool cards. I think Mere Superior is a cool card. Is like a taxi and probe the coolest thing you could possibly do? I think Urbest, the Hidden, and Phyrexian Metamorphosis. Were you at the Nationals where Finkel uh, won, uh, qualified for the draft challenge by going 6 0? No. He, he, could, he could draw with his opponent, who I think made top eight, actually, a well, member of Team CMU whose name is Elliot Fong, is that his name? Sure. Whose name uh, uh, is, I think it's Elliot Fong, I don't remember. Uh, so they can draw into the draft challenge, but Finkel doesn't want to draw into the draft challenge. He wants to maximize his points so that he can win the national championship, which he did. And his opponent has, he's like, well, i got a pretty good deck, John. So his opponent has Baguette of the Lion, and gets Baguette of the Lion both games. And John easily destroys him. Despite the fact that his opponent has Baguette of the Lion. What card did John have? Wandering Eye. So... Newsflash, it doesn't matter how good your cards are, if John Finkel has perfect information, you're fucked. He had <laughs> Magenta the Lion both games. John Finkel worked him with, with Wandering Yeah, you know, it's funny, I remember that after that event, yeah. uh, or maybe uh, after that event, when we were playtesting for the Team Pro Tours yeah. that were around there, yeah. our, we would use the... Yeah. Um, Wandering Eye method. We would, we would actually play all our matches oh, yeah. as if there was a Wandering Eye event. So you could collaborate on the plays. Not just collaborate on plays, but also just like assume a higher quality of play from our yeah. opponent at all times, too. Oh, that's cool. I love that idea. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was really, coincidentally, it's the only time I've ever finished, you know... In the money and a pro tour? Yeah, in the money and a pro tour. So that's a, that's a, great, that's a great note there. Um, but anyway, so... The, the, what I was going to say about Gitaxian Probe, it's actually a perfect card. The better you are, the better Gitaxian Probe is. It costs... What's, what's Ben Rubin's favorite card? Peak. Who is one of the best magic players of all time? <laughs> like, Therefore! Like, I mean, like, literally, this is like a card that, like, if you're a master and this card's in your hand, like, you have such an enormous advantage and it draws a card and it costs no mana? Like, I... I, I 
it's flabbergasting to me. I got a bunch of emails today when I said it was the number one card in the set. People were like, I don't really see what's so good about this card. Think about, I'm like, are you insane? Think about like, all the times you've had to make a game decision, right? You've had to make a game decision, and you're like, if he doesn't have it, I just win. So, I mean, I, I think back to this one match we had at Regionals two years ago where uh, we played the bunch of Boros deck. Julian, Julian finished uh, um, in top eight. I finished out on one draw versus a win because there was a wrong judge ruling, and I was very mad, especially because I made this play. Like, I made this awesome play, and I timed out, and we didn't get extra time because it was awful. But, um, like, it was a spot where I, I have two guys in play, I have one guy in my hand. So I was like, you play the guy, if I play the guy, and he doesn't have a rat, I win the game. I will burn him out if I, if I play the guy. He does have a rat, I'm almost certainly going to lose. I do not have a burn to deal how much life he has, because I know these playing with the two, two, three, but he gets the three, five lifelink guy. So I'm like, I need to hit him, spring hit him. If I do this, it doesn't matter what he has, I can kill him. And like, over two turns. I'm like So I did the math, I'm like, I'm like, his chances of having wrath, he's had like a bunch of cards in hand the whole time. And I realized something. I'm like, it's not about whether or not he has wrath. It's if he can play a second white next turn. So he had a bunch of blue the whole game. And so I was like, so I did the math on like the probability of his having, uh, I'm like, assumption of how many white sources he had. I'm like, probably has one planes, you know, maybe two planes. If he has Azorius Chancery, he can't even use it next turn, you know. And then, um, whatever, there were two other white tools that he could play. So I'm like, I didn't have it. I'm like, he has like a 34% chance of being able to cast Wrath of God next turn, even if he has it. So I'm just like, all in, and I won the game. And I was like so happy, because it's one of those spots where a tentative player is going to get blown out by his, whatever, like 3-5 lifelink guy. Sure. But if you, you see his initiative, because this is a really early turn, this is like turn three. Like, I need to hit with all three guys next turn. But if I get one hit in, I think I'm no one. You know, so... Um, <clears throat> so that's... Uh, if you just had Gataxian probe in that spot, you wouldn't even have to think about it. But like, oh, here's the right play. Sick. <laughs> or you still have to dedicate a spot to it. You, know, you cut two land when you play. <laughs> you don't have to get You cut two cards and two lands? You got two cards and two lands. I don't even, I'm not even sure how the math works on this, because it doesn't cost any mana to cast. Like, the whole Alan Comer system is predicated on having to pay mana for your card drawing. This card is so unbelievable. How, how is this card different than Street Uh It's a spell. So, because it's a spell, it works with Pyromancer Ascension. <laughs> which is the main reason why it's going to be good. Uh, that's an important one, right? You can pay one, not have to pay two life if you don't want to. Uh, it's uh, blue. So, in other formats, you can pitch it to more support. The blueness of it is, is a big deal. It has so many options. And the fact that you actually get the... Look, the information is not irrelevant. Is, like, is, by the way, not is, an irrelevant is that, is that 12 card suite going to be like a legacy staple? Like four Gitaxian Probe, four Mental Misstep, four Force of Will? Maybe. Seems... You snap replace Ponder with it. Like, I don't even think twice about replacing Ponder with it. Maybe we play both. Seems pretty crazy, just like that, that you could just slot that 12 in. I mean, this is a format where Meddling Mage and Cabal, Cabal Therapy are two of the best cards. <laughs> like, how can this not be one of the most insane cards? Like, it's so, it's flabbergasting to me that people are even asking, like, I'm not sure if you really play this card. I'm like, are you kidding? This card is like, 
I think that this card will probably win 500 times more money than all the cards, card, card re, whatever card release ever printed. And I don't think it's, it's not, this is not going to be a close card. Sure. Gitaxi probably win 500 times. Like, yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a safe bet that there'll be more Gitaxian probes in the top eight of Providence than Karn released. I mean, like, how many Gitaxian probes in the rest of the season Star City open copies? I would guess over under uh, 26. Does it go right into Hawkward? I mean, not, not to Hawkward, into... I don't know. Into, I don't like, Cobb and Cobb I'm setting the, I'm setting the, the line at 26 at the first, at the first, uh, first Star City. 26 Gitaxian probes? probes. I'll take the under. You take the under? I'll take the under. What do you think? First Four. standard? First standard, yeah. You think 24? I, I think it's under 26. That's all I'm saying. All right, what if I set it at 18? I would probably take the over. <laughs> I would probably take the over. I, think, I would guess, like, five players. I think that the under is correct at 26. I think, I think you're going to get a little more variation. Like, people are going to try out a lot oh, more decks. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're absolutely right. The third. <laughs> the third Star City Open. The line is 26. Oh, then I'm over. <laughs> it's over, right? I am over. There's no question. Like, all right. So let's talk. You talked a little bit about You think... That call you said you made a pretty like bold statement earlier in the. I think Cobbler's the second best deck. You think it's it's rain is over. It's over. Okay, why? Pyromancer Ascension is just so much. It's just I don't know how you could. It's 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 just vested as the best deck. How could you? There's no argument. Why is it? Why is the best? First of all, it was already a super good deck. I mean, no one has played this deck except for me. No, 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 no. But no one has played this deck throughout the current. Oh yeah, and play no one standard. plays it to success because I'm the one. Playing it. Right. So, but the, the, here are the main differences. The reason that it wasn't just a dominant deck coming into this season is because there was no ponder replacement. Like the version that, that. So you just don't have enough velocity. Like you don't have enough pistons. It's not, it's not that you don't have enough, but like going up. Like first of all, I tried treasure hunt, which is not doesn't really fit. This thing. It's like drawing in the land is not. It's just not the not what you want to do and it's more expensive than ponder so you could keep a lot of hands one of the reasons that I loved that deck for nationals was I kept every single hand there's no as long as you have like a land yeah you have a land I, I never mulligan but anyone going to keep non-land hands with you Gitaxian could. probes two Gitaxian Gitaxian you imagine you open up a hand you open up your hand you're looking and there's like two Gitaxian probes and then like just like one and two drops or other I mean, velocity like, say your opponent's blue white you have two Gitaxian probes you're on the draw and you have a pyromancer essentially I'd think about keeping it what <laughs> Seriously, that's a. I don't know. I mean, most decks in standard can't beat a second turn pyromancer, so um, and they could only beat it before because they didn't have a ponder replacement. Now that there's a ponder replacement that's free. But we were joking about this earlier. But what if I just go first turn Gitaxian probe, second turn pyromancer ascension, third turn Gitaxian probe, Tezzeret's gambit. Game Tez Tezzeret's gambit is the four three, replacement. It's, it's, it's three blue Phyrexian mana. Draw two cards. Proliferate. Proliferate. So, it, I mean, I talked to, I sent Jake, um, Jake Manlunen a message today. I'm like, I think we just cut four C for this card. Like, did he respond? Not yet. He usually responds to my deck, my deck text. So. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, I mean, it's just basically the same card, slightly worse in the sense that when you cast four C and you untap, you almost always win a Pyromancer Ascension. But casting this, like, it's, it's functionally not that less powerful. The fact that you can cast it on turn three is pretty huge. But the thing that's really huge is you cast on a turn three with the Gitaxian Probe. You basically paid four life to have a full untap of the fully powered Pyromancer Ascension. It's unlikely your opponent will get have any possible chance of winning. Like you don't lose a lot of games when you have an untapped, but you have a double powered uh, uh, Pyromancer Ascension and like six cards in it. Like even if you don't win that turn, like it's bad times for Becky, as we used to say <laughs> back, back in the day. 
I mean, that's so powerful, but that's not even the best draws, right? Like, the fact is the deck's a double combo deck. So, you, so you, th you think the Deceiver XR Splinter Twin combo is the real thing? I think it's a joke if you're going first and your opponent just, like, plays a spell on turn three. You're, you're, your main deck, you're main decking this combo, Run right? both combos, yeah. So, okay, I'm Callblade. I'm on the play. Yeah. Can I be on the play? So I go... I go first turn pawn for preordain. I, I'm, yeah, I'm land. Maybe I preordain, maybe I don't. So you play one of your drops on turn two? Uh, I mean, let's say I don't. Good. Go. All right, I'll play a land. Go. Play another land. Oh, you're still not playing one? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe land. I'll preordain, and I have two lands up. Okay. I'll play a land, and I'm going to get Taxi and Probe for free. Okay. Oh, you lost, huh? Because <laughs> whatever you say, I will know what the correct play to play around it is. Oh, you have Mana Leak? Me too. Your cards are cheap. Mine are cheaper. And the thing is, if you ever untap on turn four with a Exarch and play, they're dead. Right? You just go infinite with... The thing about the Exarch that's so second... Is it four... taps their land? And it's four, four toughness. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you the almost four toughness have to... is crazy. You either have to play terrible cards... So we're just playing this at the... Oh, you're not going to that. Excellent. I'll borrow your Pyromancer's decisions. No. What, the New York one? I'm yeah. playing on day one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not playing this. Are you kidding? How, how is it close? How are there other options? This isn't... I honestly don't see how the... What about someone who's playing, like, just, like... Duresses and like Kozilek's Inquisitions and those kind of cards. That's really supposed to beat cards like Jace and and, and uh, well, the new the new uh, the new card beats Jace, right? Like the Spies, where they get to take a creature or a Planeswalker. They can take your Exarch. They can take your Jace. Why do you think that playing a bunch of Duresses is equivalent to drawing a bunch of cards? I'm just going to cast a bunch of Tesserid's Gambits and refill. Okay, like. <laughs> And then plus you have like these horrible creatures. I'm just gonna bolt your creatures. That's the thing that people don't get about the Callblade match. I'm like, why still have the Callblade? You have to spend a million mana equipping guys. I'm just gonna lightning bolt if it's gonna bother me. Okay. Great, I'll spend a mana. You wanna what? fight over it? I hope we wanna fight over it. That would be awesome. Oh. What do you think about Spellscape? Oh, wait, by listen, the way. Listen to this. This is awesome. I was playing against Callblade. I let him hit me with blue green sword twice so that I could jack my pyromancer essentially. Because I had Call to Mind in my hand, and uh, so just like I'm just gonna let him hit me, and I'm just gonna run back Call to Mind and replay uh, whatever like cards is to power up everything. Is that is that sick? What do you mean about Spellscape? So Spellscape is like a two mana O4 uh, horror. I don't know why he's a horror, but he's for blue Phyrexian mana. You can uh, change the target of target spell to target Spellscape. So like so, and it's an O4, which is kind of interesting to me. Oh, so he's just like a magnet? Yeah. He's a force field-ish. Yeah. So, like, I mean, theoretically, if I put this card down against your... I could actually have this card in play against your Pyromancer's Ascension deck, and you have to deal with this before you can play your Splinter Twin. What if I just kill you with my Pyromancer's Ascension combo? Well, I'm just, I'm just, like, I'm thinking out loud here. Maybe end of your turn. I ended the Royal It. Is it 0-4? So no for I might consider also casting a burst lightning at it. Sure. You can also twist an image, right? Shut the front door. <laughs> is, that, is this for real? <laughs> Have we gone to the next level? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know that anyone's bringing the spell sky against you. Gone to the Do next you like twisted image? I mean, I like it when Michael Jacob had it and he cast it against the mirror match columns. <laughs> that was, I mean, I'll be honest, I had to change my underwear after that. Like, but 
Shut the fuck door. I mean, I think I would twist it in his that. I would. You're yeah. facing the correct man, idiot. <laughs> Already spurging for that. Twisted image against, like, that might be the all time most insane card side against Kodrazi for me, too. Why is that? They got 04s, they got 06s, oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, got yeah, they got Duragas. So, like, level up in response. <laughs> yeah. Your cards are very good. Oh, man. I mean, seriously, the Pyromancer is So, what is it that? Give, give us the, just the rough sketch of the deck. I'm not sure how many Jaces you play, it might be none. I was actually sad because I like was, I've been playing seven Jaces in my standard deck, and I'm like, well, these seven slots are now probably devoted to the second combo. <laughs> but you go like, um, uh, you know, preordained, mana leak into the royal, maybe spell pierce. How many into the royal? How many spell pierce? Like at least two into the royal. I think Jake had three in his deck. I'm not sure. Uh, I, you can look at the versions that are winning on magically on like on. It seemed perfectly reasonable version. I think with only 21 lands. Uh, Jerry Thompson had a note on his Facebook page being like, I don't know why people would play their decks looking at quick results. Oh, really? They were already playing with, yeah, the, with they're the just set? winning every tournament. Like, okay. unsurprised. Like, people are like, Magic League is soft. And I'm like, uh, your brain is probably soft. If you look at their deck, <laughs> like, it has a turn four kill, and it has a different combo kill with Pyromancer Ascension. It's just like one of those greater Gargadon situations. Like, they have, there's a Pyromancer Ascension to play. It might have some counters on it. You're not dead yet. But you know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you were the one who taught me you could slow play the Pyromancer Ascension. You right, just right. sit there with it. Like, are they killing you? You don't have to go for it. Right, right. You can just win on, like, a turn. Whenever you want to win. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. let them tap all their mana for some irrelevant goblin guys. You know, like, oh, yeah, you tap all that mana. Okay. Yeah, I, I always love the game where you really root for your opponent to have the goblin guide. Oh, I love it, too. You know, I mean, like, it happens. You're like, man, I really want him to attack me twice with a Goblin Guide, and I hope I hit a land once, at least once. Pir Preordain versus Goblin Guide is my all-time favorite fight. I love it so much. <laughs> First turn Preordain, they're like, Goblin Guide attack, I'm like, hmm, interestingly, I anticipated this scenario. They're like, ugh, Pyromancer's ending go, but can you do 18 this turn? <laughs> I would be impressed. <laughs> like, No. Well, we will be playing in a, a different game after I've drawn another card. So, so what, what are your four of the next? Four Bolt, four Preordain, four Gitaxian Probe, four Pyromancer's Ascension, four... Exarch. Exarch. Three Splinter. Three Splinter Twin, four of the... Um, Manalik Gifted. Four Manalik. Pyromancer's Ascension. I said Pyromancer's Ascension. Four of the um, Tezzeret's Gambit. Is that the card? Or? I'm not sure if you play four. You play at least two. It seems pretty... I mean, certainly gets more exciting if you have other Planeswalkers in your deck. If you have, like, any Planeswalkers in your deck. To be able to also proliferate your planeswalker. I mean, I was playing like seven Jaces and some Cots in my standard version, but like. Like, by the way, the Sukenic Planeswalkers deck? Yeah. Like, throw that card in there. It's cool, huh? Yeah. You're like, oh, look, I'm gonna put counters on my Tumble Magnet. The problem is board control based big blue powerful decks that are predicated on tapping for a five or something. I don't think that they can compete <laughs> against. Against this deck. Against this deck. I mean, in sideboard they can. They can play, like, Memora sides. And all sure, kinds of stuff. sure. But I was like, uh, that's what I lost to uh, Nick Spagnuolo. had, like, one main deck Memora side in his deck at, uh, at States, and he Memora side to be game one. Uh, I went for it in a bad spot. I could have killed him, I think. Yeah. But I didn't know his deck list. Obviously, nobody knew it yet. So I let him search with his Trinket Mage, and he got the Elixir. And I should have just responded to his Trinket Mage with uh, with my kill, because he used the Sackland. So, um... 
than I probably would. I mean, I don't know. It's probably a 75% likelihood that I would have won. Because he used the elixir to rebuy his Memora side. Yeah. That, that had been flipped. And, he used a, and it was a million turn game. Like, I still was in pretty good position. But he Memora sided me three times. <laughs> but eventually I was, like, out of lightning bolts, called the mines. And sure, sure. <laughs> eventually he got you. Yeah. yeah, he got me attacking with one, one trinket mage. And then, like, basically the same thing in game two. I mean, you, could, you have to get Memora sided a lot of times in this deck because there's... Two different kinds of bolts. Pyromancer Ascensions is a really legitimate threat. I mean, probably play at least one Jace as an alternate kill. Like, I won a lot of games by like just having Jason play, and then I use my Pyromancer Ascension to manage the board, and I kill them with the Jace. So just like make them not draw anything that I can't kill with my spells. This is why when we were talking about this deck last week, you mentioned the idea that you could go Ginger Taxis as a kill yeah. card in this deck. So you just get enough mana. You just I think that that was before I realized that you should play both combos main deck. What do, you, what do you think about what Chapin said about Ginger Taxis? Oh, it's pretty awesome. So you basically hit someone so with... You get five mana. five mana, like, yeah. And you hit someone with a creature equipped with Sword of Feast and Famine. You put the trigger five. on the stack, add five, untap, tap five. Hey, by the way, it's still my combat step. Look who's here. Uh, Josh and I were playing Wandering Eye um, with, like, uh, Callblade. And I'm like, you have to add mana here. Like, or maybe it was Steve. I forget. Like, somebody pretty good. Like, and maybe he's like, why? I'm like, Look, what you're doing. Like, oh, you didn't see like you get like float mana and use like uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Tectonic Edge during combat. Like, right, 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 so right. only one untap land at the Tectonic Edge. You float mana, like untap, and then you use it during combat. You have exactly enough mana to do that, and then like cast a cast a, right, right, uh, right, right. a Gideon after combat or something like stuff like that. You know, it's pretty cool. Pretty sure there's, there's some can you infinite combo without oh, terrible cards and good cards combining together to form bad deck. I mean, like, Custermite is an infinite combo. Right. Um, Pyromancer Ascension is not an infinite combo, it's just insanely good. And the reason that it's so good is, what are the top two decks in the format? What are they based on? Callblade and, and... And Rug, right? And Rug, yeah. Rug is based on what card? Lotus Cobra? Now, I'm pl- now you're playing against a metagame with Lotus Cobra, where the default best deck has eight lightning right, By the way, I mean, do you see yourself sideboarding Gunshot? Oh, free? Free, yeah. Free ball, like against like the Cobra. Like, can you imagine? Like, like you're just like you're like you tap out for Pyromancer's Ascension. Your opponent's like level up my derogatory speaker. You're like, I mean, gladly pay two life, right? I mean, I'll probably play. These are the cards I'm envisioning playing: Little Jace, Red Titan, maybe, uh, maybe Blue and Red Mages. I missed that one going the wrong way. Yeah. God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> no, so that, that my. Like, maybe one or two Red Titans. Because, by the way, Red Titans Splinter Twin is... Right, oh, this is something we talked about, unreal. right? So you talk about, like, all the things you can do with the Splinter Twin. Like, we, we joked about an extended season, Splinter Twin and stuff, right? Like, no, but this is a legitimate way you can Splinter Twin, right? Like, right. So, or the other thing is, like, Trinket Mage Splinter Twin's not bad. I mean, it's fine. What are you getting every time? Stuff. Yeah, it's just... Whatever. It's not, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't play that card. I was thinking you want to play one... One Basilisk Caller and one, um, and one... Spark Mage? No. Play multiple Spark Mages on, like, one tr- uh, Trinket Mage. Oh, okay. So it's better to have a Trinket Mage and a, and a Basilisk Caller than it is to have two Basilisk Callers. Right. Can you, can you imagine... Or you can play, like, maybe that and, like, one Elixir or something. Like, right. that's pretty freaking annoying, right? Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Into an Elixir? Yeah. Like, no, I'm not powering up my Pyromancer Ascension. You're right. What, what do you think about, the? Uh... You know, I, I guess the most exciting fatty to get the Splinter Twin on has got to be Worm Coil Engine. 
Yeah, for Coil Engine. We talked about this earlier as well. It's insane. Oh, yes, I would like to make a 5-6-6 six, six and oh, then have yeah. two three threes. I would like to destroy your life. <laughs> See, people quit magic over things like this. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I just... This deck has, obviously has to be tuned, but I think it's just far and away better than the decks people are playing. Like, just imagine you're playing Rug, and your default opponent, instead of having, like, three ousts, has eight lightning bolts. And instead of killing you on turn seven, or turn nine, they kill you on turn four. And they have just as many mana leaks, just as many prudence, and they also have Gataxian Probe, so they know when you have shenanigans or not. Is there any reason to ever play a Mental Misstep? How, how, mental how Misstep is, is not as good as Standard. How played is Mental Misstep going to be a Standard? I think, like, maybe, I was thinking about sideboarding it. It seems like an awesome card, but I'm not sure if you'd actually want to play it. So, same, same over under game. Grand Prix Providence. Oh. Over under on the number of Mental Missteps in the top eight. Setting the line at 24. Setting the line at 24. You think it's over 24? I would have gone over on 26. So, <laughs> I might have taken the over on 29. <laughs> really? You, you just think it's going to be across the board? You think no Goblin decks? No? Or Why wouldn't Goblin decks play it? Oh, yeah. You know the counter spell their Aether Vial? <laughs> it may be Goblins, but the problem is Goblins is an unplayable strategy, so they're not going to be drawing against the top eight is wonderful. There's always a goblin deck in the top There's eight, right? There's not always a goblin deck oh, in the top eight. Have you seen a Star City open? <laughs> they have them about like one out of every three or four. I mean, and honestly, half the decks, more than half the decks that make top eight or even win Star City opens are unplayable. <laughs> like, Tape and I were laughing this. We still don't understand how legacy works where like so many unplayable decks win because the only way the unplayable decks make top eight and or win is by playing a huge, massive percentage of unplayable decks. Like, if, if all you do is you just play, like, one of these decks that other people, like, like and think are good for some reason, and then play them against real decks for 30 games, so like, maybe play against three real decks, you will quickly see there's a difference between a real deck and an unplayable deck in Legacy. But because people play unplayable decks against unplayable decks, they end up just picking the best unplayable deck. Like, like, ooh, Goblins is... I don't even know who wins Goblins or Zoo. It doesn't matter. Or Goblins and Junk. It doesn't matter which one wins. I don't know who why. Cares? I don't know why I thought of that. I need to ask you a burning question. Yeah. So we were doing <laughs> one Zoo battle. How was that I think I think that was a dare. I th- I, from what I understand, that was a dare. But an admirable dare. Though. Yeah. So last week we did a podcast. We did spoiler alert. And we yeah. talked about spoilers, and then you wouldn't talk about Mildred Pierce until I had seen all of Mildred yeah. Pierce. I've seen all of it. Yeah. So what was what was the Did thing? they change the ending? What's that? They changed the ending. From doesn't she go to jail for murdering her husband? Yeah, that's well, that's the movie that changed the ending from the book. Oh, really? Yeah, like basically the book was written in nineteen forty something and was a, scan- it's a very scandalous book. Obviously, all the yeah, she had premarital sex, right? Premarital sex, sort of semi incestuous sex, you know, or Woody Allen incestuous yeah. anyway. Um, all this stuff going on, and the, mo- the book was widely acclaimed, but considered unfilmable. Yeah. So when they decided to film it, they changed a lot of the... Oh, is it during the time period when whenever a woman does something wrong, that it's actually by, by, like, by law of, like, the filmmakers union, that people have to die or go to jail? And it, even, like, um, that, that wasn't lifted until the 70s, I think. So if you look at old Bruce Lee movies, like, every time, like, Bruce Lee, like commits a crime in order to exact vengeance on something, he ends up getting arrested at the end of the movie. Yeah. I think there's actually, like, an 
not MPAA, whatever it was the people, the people were running sure, Hollywood, sure, sure. there's a rule, like, if you break the law, if you use, like, I think women having premarital sex counts under this even. Like, uh, a bunch of different things, like, anyone who ex- does one of these things has to be punished by the end of the movie. They, 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 they could not actually film the, they basically are like, oh, there's way too much sex in this, we have to add a murder. There's no Got murder. It. There's no murder in the book. I thought that <laughs> I thought that, that uh, it, they had changed the ending, so I didn't want to ruin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, I'm glad you didn't, because you would have ruined it for me. So double swerves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, actually, that uh, miniseries is one of the like most most faithful adaptations yeah. I've ever seen of uh, so, printed so, source material. So today, Danny OMS also Florisfax said something that only five people were at dinner with me last night. <laughs> um said something I said like I think one of them passed it to the real voice so I think yeah. but um anyway uh Danny Webbess added me to the Game of Thrones list so like I didn't even know there was a Game of Thrones list and I'm like I don't want to be on your stupid games of Game of Thrones list I'm already I'm like I'm like John was laughing he's like so you're on the Pickle Drafts list the Movie Club list Game of Thrones and there's a the bachelor's the basketball list are you on that list I'm not so these are all pickle centric lists so like the various clubs were in. So they added me to the Game of Thrones list. And I don't know why, because John said, like, I'm not allowed to say anything about Game of Thrones, because anything I say will spoil it for someone. Sure. Um, so they added to me, just so they could, like, make fun of me for something I said. Like, Danny's like, well, I didn't want you to say when Winter's coming. Like, it's four books in, Winter's still hasn't come, right? That's all I said. They're like, oh, you ruined it! Winter hasn't come yet! I'm like, I didn't ruin it. I, I want Winter to come, too. I don't know either. And then, like... <laughs> And so then they added me to the list so that they could say this mean stuff about me. Oh. But I'm like, well, I didn't want to be on the list. I mean, I, I, I like being included and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. but like, I mean, I, would, I don't even barely answer any things on the Finkel draft list. Sure. I think yeah. I've... And I, you have almost zero participation on that list. I've, I read a lot of the threads. Sure. I, I have almost zero participation on the movie club list. Like, I'm on these lists, cool. See, Steve and I are starting Bad Movie Club. Are you? Yeah. Are you just going to pick the movies that just, I, I choose from movie club? We're or? just going to go see bad movies in Times Square. Oh. Speaking do you want to come, come see Priest with us? What comic is that? I have no idea. It's a comic. What or do you want to see Dylan Dog? What's that? Dylan Dog? That's from my old stomping grounds. <laughs> Platinum Studios. My old business partner is an executive producer. Yeah, that was one of the things on their website when, when they it hired is, me. It looks pretty. It looks like it might be one of the worst movies ever made. I mean, what, what else have they made? White Noise with Michael Keaton. No, but they're doing Cowboys and Aliens. That movie looks fantastic. Why? Was that your idea? Yeah, more or less. <laughs> nice job marrying Carla or whatever you did to not make Cowboys and Aliens 20 years later. It's been 20 years. More than, more than 20 years. I've been with Carla for 20 years. <laughs> obviously, you trade Carla for Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, obviously. Right? What if they threw in Megan Fox? Ugh. You had Mega, Mega Fox is actually disgusting. You had her first pick overall two years ago. No, I did not. Never, never. Two thousand and seven nationals. Never. You're like snap Megan Fox no. first pick. No, you're lying. Never. Have I ever said you're lying to you before? Yes. You snap no. first pick Megan. Fox. I think she's disgusting. What's disgusting about her? She's. Beautiful. I think she's ugly. She's not ugly. Not ugly, but I mean, I think she's. I find her hideous. What? Uh, why? I, I don't know. She just looks She's like a cross between Angelina Jolie and, and Olivia Wilde. Two gloriously no, beautiful it, women. It, Olivia Wilde is a snap first pick. Megan Fox is not. I'm just, 
Megan Fox is like I understand there's a vibe that you she's get just, off of her, she's just, but she's literally like a, she's like a crush. She looks like she's got a looks like she smells bad. I mean, they all smell bad in certain circumstances. There's there's not a woman that doesn't smell bad if you put her other particular stresses. She looks nasty. I don't know. I just don't like her. I, I find her I find her to be stupid on top of everything else. Like she looks like she's just very dumb. Like everything I've seen her in, she's just been terrible. It's like very I find her unattractive, honestly. Honestly. I find Olivia Wilde very attractive. They're like two sides of the same point. No. I understand that one of them plays doctors on television. Convincingly. <laughs> and the other one plays like the other one can't play anything convincingly. The other one plays demonically possessed cheerleaders. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, I did. It's bad. I mean, that that woman has the highest variance of all of all people on all projects, right? True or false? I mean, are you going to say that she has a good project? There's projects I have. Are you going to say like Juno is good? Do you like United States of Terra? No, I'm no. Not. It, it doesn't hold people like it. it looks it looks terrible to me. Honestly. I don't think yeah, it looks. Like I really liked her book about being a stripper. How about Juno? You think Juno's good? I like Juno. It's shit. It's just shitty. It's just like a saccharine piece of crap. I don't think that, like, so at all. Just like with like people speaking. Did she win the Oscar? Yeah, yeah, she did. Like people just like saying overly cleverly, th- overly clever things that nobody would ever actually say. But you love it when they do it on Thirty Rock or a Seinfeld. I like it in the context of a comedy. There's this. There's, there's a comedy. No, it's not. It's it's it's, it's, supposed, to, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a realist. Supposed to have a naturalist feel to it, and it just doesn't. I just don't like it. I don't think that hard about things. Yeah, I didn't like it. it just left me annoyed. I didn't. I, mean, I don't love it. You I like, like it. Little Little Miss Sunshine? Did she write that? No, just another movie that I'd like to set it on fire. That's like fine. Like most of these things, like I see Little Miss Sunshine once or twice, I don't really think about it again. I mean, ask me if I like Transformers the movie. I have a good answer. Do you? It's one of my favorite movies. Not Transformers. Not the Megan Fox movie. Transformers the movie. The one that Orson, I understand. I understand. I understand. The one with Orson Welles that you always talk about. That's a movie. I think mean, that might be one of Wang's favorite movies. It's too. a good movie. These movies are like Transformers the movie. Role models. Do you like Kick-Ass? How did you like Blood Simple? I haven't seen it yet. I think it's great. How did you like Blood Simple? Did you do that I've movie? I've seen it before. Okay. Do you love it? I think... Actually, I would say this. It's weird to me how much you love this movie, considering how many ridiculous things happen in it. I kick a gun and it fires. I pull the trigger on a gun multiple times, and the one remaining bullet, which was consecutive to the other two that fired, does not fire. But then later, my ex-wife becomes a sharpshooter and shoots someone through a door. That's convincing. Uh, Somebody tries to reach around into a window and, you know, gets nailed into wall. I mean, like, these things that can't even happen in the physical universe happen in the movie, and you're like, oh, that's a great movie. And and yet, I know you love the movie, and I'm not saying it's not a good movie. A lot of people like Blood Simple. Most people think it's one of the best first movies ever. Sure. However, a lot of ridiculous things happen in Blood Simple. Hard to believe things. And because it's a Coen Brothers movie, we just look past it. But you look... You I, don't, a- I don't look past the, the things that happen in a lot of other Coen Brothers movies. But, I just look past... I look past it in Coen Brothers movies shot by Barry Sonnen. Because they're gorgeous. So, like, you don't you you don't like Fargo, but yeah, you like, I think Fargo is very thematically derivative of Blood Simple. It has the same actors. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the movie State in Maine? It's such a very it's okay. I like it's it. It's all right. I like it. Isn't that is that it's Mammoth. It's Mammoth. It's not. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Is that 
Yeah. Oh, I like that movie. All the same directors. What do you think is a better first movie, House of Games or Blood Simple? House of Games. I agree. I mean, he did the same movie 14 times. Just gets... I don't like many other Mammoth movies. Really? I, don't, I think most I, I really like oh, State of Maine. Um, I like State of Maine. I like... I mean, I like a couple here I mean, and there. Like, I just don't think... I don't think anything ever really lived up to the promise of House of Games. Do you think, like, Spanish Prisoner, isn't that just, like, a better executed House of Games? I think it's a worse executed. I'm I think not it's saying just... if you like it or not. It's certainly derivative of House of Games, okay? Yeah, yeah. But that's not what I'm asking I don't you. like Spanish Prisoner. Why you like House of Games? Spanish Prisoner is, like, the same. It's not the same. I, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Like, I just thought... Yeah, I don't like Spanish Prisoner. I didn't like the Spanish Prisoner. How I, just... many... I haven't seen Red Belt. Hey, Red Belt's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be one of the best sports movies I've ever, ever seen. They don't have it I mean, on Netflix. Sports movies are just all great. It doesn't matter. Sports movies are like pizza, especially ones about baseball. Sports movies are like pizza. Like I don't, you know, what's weird about me? Like I don't, I don't like baseball at all. Like we, we talk about this. Like I don't know anything about baseball, despite yeah. having many strong opinions about it. <laughs> and yet, I love things about baseball. Like sure. I love them. Like Field of Dreams is one of my favorite movies. Do you like that one? I do. Uh, my favorite episode of uh, The X-Files is that one with... Uh, That's a really good episode. It's it's by far the best episode ever. Like, have, you been, uh, have you been keeping current with Fringe this year? I have not. I've seen like three episodes of Fringe ever. That's oh, our okay. next project. Okay. We, we Season finale tomorrow. We caved and got the discs on Netflix. Woo! Caved. We've been only on digital for... Yeah. Months and now we're it's, like it's it's real. So that's our project. You gotta you've gotta you're gonna have to like trudge through some of the first seasons. Like first season gets a little JJ Abramsy in there. Well, well, let's talk about let's talk about something that I we both know. Do you love Danny uh, Danny or hate Danny? Some people hate Danny. I love Danny. They say she's too curvaceous and she's obviously a bleached brunette. Oh, whatever. First you know of all, what? I think she looks like a goddess. I think I think the casting on that show has been spectacular. I think she looks like a goddess, personally. Sure. I think she looks great. I mean, I... I, I she's, I not think... too, she's not big in the chest, you know? Like, she got, like, she's kind of hippie, but yeah. they had a butt I, shot on her. She's kind of... I, I think people like, who complain about the casting are just, like, very wacky. I've seen, like, people... Uh, I, I, I don't seen... like Catelyn Stark. Oh, see, I, so I was just going to say... She's gonna... not nearly beautiful. I, mean, I was going to complain about the knuckleheads who don't like the casting of Catelyn Stark. She, the reason I don't like her is this. I think Cersei's very convincing. Cersei's and Cersei great. is almost ethereally beautiful. You know, you believe in Cersei. Catelyn is supposed to be beautiful enough to move an entire kingdom. Sure. She's nowhere near that woman. And she, but she was that woman. I think the idea is that she was that she's woman. She's supposed to still be that woman. She's I, 35 years old. I understand that. She's 35 years old in the North. That takes a toll. I, and I also but feel you, like... You look at her, like they're, they're she very, was never that beautiful. They were very unadorned people. I Bullshit. I, I think that, that's a, that, that actress could look... As good that, as Cersei? Yes. Cersei's like 40-something in real life. You look at her, you're like, she's, she played Queen Gorgo in, in, in the 300. Like, she's... Is a woman of unreal beauty. Like, they're they're. I think that I think you could you could cast a grown up woman who can act and she could still be gorgeous. I I think that you could you could make her look beautiful if you need to for the point purposes of the story. I don't need her to be a sex mom. I don't need her to be overwhelming. I need to be able to look at her and say, I am convinced that this woman is beautiful enough. I have no problem. Littlefinger would risk his, you know, whatever. I have no problem with. I think she's, I and I think she's been terrific in the role. I mean, she is the stu- stupidest or second stupidest woman in Westeros. 
Who do you think? Stupidest or second stupidest? Uh, who'd, who'd be stupidest? The other one's Cersei. So, like, <laughs> you pick. I think Cersei's number one, Catelyn's number two stupidest. But Catelyn could, she could be the stupidest. I, I don't know, Sansa's... Oh. Sansa's pretty, pretty Apple up there. did not fall far <laughs> from the tree on that one. <laughs> She is, but she's at least like eleven or whatever. Man, it's so difficult. So my wife, Sansa, and my wife Arya is, come out of the same woman. That's my wife is totally into. She's totally into the show. Now, yeah. Right. She's. She loves. Uh, Sansa she loves, is the super. She loves Danny. She loves Arya. You know, she she's really into the whole. Story How great line. is they had Serio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. I mean, I wonder when they film Serio actually fighting. How's he going to look? Because he's supposed to be an invincible swordsman, right? right so right, like right. when I mean. That guy, I don't buy him as an invisible <laughs> swordsman, I'll be honest, right? So, um, but I mean, the chapter when, the, when Arya finally sees Sirio fighting in his full form, and she's just, like, coming over, like, the realization that every time she ever hit him in a, in a practice duel, he was letting her. She's like, I thought I was improving, but he's, like, just the greatest swordsman on Earth. And, like, uh, he's, he's, I mean, I'm not spoiling anything. He said he was the first sword of Bravo, so, yeah. Right, right. I mean, um, probably spoiling something. But, I mean, we're an hour, 20 minutes in, so I don't know if anyone's even listening, so... Um... But yeah, my wife keeps trying to trick me into spoiling stuff. Oh yeah, she just wants to know stuff. Like what? What's an answer? Question she would ask. Uh, she just wants to know like who's living and who's dying. I can tell you who's gonna die. Yeah, so everyone, can I. <laughs> everyone eventually. You know, she wants to know about winter. She, she's very worried about the wolves. The wolves. Oh, she's very she's worried. So they already killed lady. Yeah, she's very worried about the wolves now. So. Jamie Park thought that Brand killed uh, Summer when he fell out of the window. <laughs> He's like he's like is he landed on <laughs> He's like he's like he's like that pap like Jamie Park was like that pap was so cute he's like I was talking about paps he's like he's like these paps are the best and they had to land them on it and it was so sad <laughs> Jamie doesn't care that the other Jamie threw a child out of a window. Yeah, you sit down, I just gotta stop the door. Oh sure. Uh, we should go. We should go, yeah. Uh, what he cares about is the jackal pap. <laughs> Was splattered by the. Well, whenever Bram takes damage, the pap takes damage. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually Jamie awesome. Jamie Park, two-time world finalist, <laughs> worried about the pap. I can actually see like it looking that way from the way they shoot it. <laughs> you know, now that you say that, because they almost shoot it from the dog's POV that last shot. So anyway, so uh, play Pyromancer's Ascension. I mean, you should test it. Like, I, I, what I'm interested in is figuring out how to win the mirror. Because the problem is, like, cards that should be good, like Spell Pierce, for example, can't counter an Exarch. And, like, if the Exarch taps your blue, you know, like... Oh, I know how we kill an Exarch. Twisted Image. And, and the Bolt. I, I was thinking about that. The, the, the Gut Shot. Like, we could do it with one mana open. That's fierce. That's a fierce. Story. Like you could just have one mana open and do it. That might be good. Maybe we should cut this part off. That might actually be good. I, I don't know if I'm going to play the gut shot in the mirror match. That seems pretty conditional to me. I was thinking about playing like a flash freeze. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, like whatever. Maybe flash freeze their pyromancer ascension. Or flash you can also play spell. You can also play spell skate. Like with spell skate, they can't. Are you honestly telling me you don't think the opponent's gonna have four into the royals in his deck after sideboarding? Maybe I don't know. Like, but you get the like you also get to like make stuff happen in a way. Like you get to dictate. It's like a flag bearer. Like sometimes your flag bearer dies, but you get to like 
make things happen your way. Like, your opponent doesn't get to dictate the tempo of the game anymore. I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying it's something to think about. I think that card's a real card. And it's hard to kill. It's an 0-4. Other than the twisted image. I think I would play the kill with me inside the side morning. Maybe that's the right way to go. And they're fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're a little fast. They're a little bit faster in terms of, like, getting the threat on than... Uh, Oh, actually, no. You're like, you go into the kill team, you start doing stuff, and they're like, all right, thanks for tapping all your mana, moron. Test your mic, tap your idiot kill team before he attacks. <laughs> like, like, well, that was a plan. <laughs> all right, I'm going to shut this down. So, uh, thanks. And then uh, we will uh, be back sometime in a month with more pop magic. We've done too much podcasting.